Well, good morning and a very warm welcome to our service today, the 27th of June, the fifth Sunday after Trinity. We're going to begin this morning with a great hymn of praise, number 362 in the hymn book, O God Beyond All Praising. It reminds us of all God's blessings and kindnesses to us, and yet recognises as well that there are hard times in life, but encourages us to praise God even in those times, to glory in God's ways, to know that he's in control and that he's good. Well, please do remain seated as we uh, listen to this hymn, and you can join in quietly if uh, you'd like to. Thank you very much, Dahi, for leading us in that hymn. Uh, Please do remain seated for our first Bible reading, which is from John chapter 15 and verses 1 to 11. This is the Lord Jesus Christ speaking, and he says this, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, 
thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and your joy may be full. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, in that reading, Jesus told us in verse 10, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. It's a reminder of the importance of obedience, obedience to the Lord Jesus. And and what are his commandments? His commandments are to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, strength and might, and to love our neighbour as ourselves. And uh, we, we haven't done that perfectly. We've failed even this week. And so we're going to say sorry <clears throat> to Almighty God for the times we've not kept his commandments. Let's have a moment of quiet and then join together in the confession on page 102. So together we pray, Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault, by what we have done and by what we have failed to do. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life. To the glory of your name. Amen. At the end of verse 10, Jesus says, I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. He did do it perfectly. He did love God perfectly and loved his neighbor as himself. He has remained in the Father's love. And yet he went to the cross and died for us for every time we've failed. And he gives us that perfect obedience when we trust him. And so I can pray with confidence. Almighty God, who forgives all those who truly repent, have mercy on us, pardon and deliver us from all our sins, confirm and strengthen us in all goodness, and keep us in eternal life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, open our lips. And our mouth will proclaim your praise. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be forever. Amen. Praise the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. We're going to declare God's praise by joining together in the words of the Creed. So let us affirm our faith together. Together we say, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, 
and their life everlasting. Amen. Well, please do be seated for our second Bible reading. And this is from 1 John, the, the letter we've been looking at over these last few weeks. 1 John, chapter 3, and verses 16 to 24. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. If anyone, But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. By this we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our hearts before him. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and he knows everything. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God, and whatever we ask we receive from him, because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. And this is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, just as he has commanded us. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him, and by this we know that he abides in us by the Spirit whom he has given us. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, let's pray for God's help as we look at his word together. Lord God, our Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that it would be our guide. We thank you for your Holy Spirit, and we pray that he would be our teacher. And we pray that this morning and all of our lives, your glory would be our chief concern. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, on the service sheet, you'll see a picture, uh, two pictures, and sorry for those who are listening on the phone service, there's two pictures there. Uh, I wonder if you know what they what they are. Um, the one on the left is, uh, it, well, it's actually called the Bersuader, the Bersuader. Um, a stubborn rear axle pin can cause you a great deal of grief and pain and cost money as well, and using the Bersuader is easy and fast and can get you on the road in no time. It's a trucking tool, this this picture on the left. And the second tool, well, it looks like a, a mallet, a ginormous mallet, uh, a, a big hammer. It's, it's also nicknamed the persuader. It uh, gently persuades a bit of wood to move. Uh, so you use it to nudge the wood this way and that, give it a, give it a knock. Uh, or knock something around, and it's it's the persuader to persuade a bit of wood to move. In our reading today, God says you may need to persuade your heart a little bit. You may need to give it a, a little nudge in the right direction, uh, persuade it. Why might we need to persuade our hearts? Well, remember what we heard last week. Last week we heard the call to love like Jesus loved. Just have a look again at those verses we had at the start. These were repeated from last week, chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. By this we know love, that he, Jesus, laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? You might remember those two people I told you about, Connor and Deirdre. Uh, and y- maybe you hear that someone like Connor is in need following his job loss. And you have money in your savings account and you were thinking about helping. But then you start to think that you might need those savings for yourself someday. Surely someone else could help him. 
if that happens and you begin to close your heart to Connor, you may need to persuade your heart to give it a bit of a whack with the, the persuader to love like Jesus loved, to remember how much he has loved you and to give sacrificially to help. Maybe you were uh, thinking about giving to giving Deirdre a, a lift to hospital, but then you start to think that if you do that, you won't have time for something else you wanted to do. Surely someone else could help. When that thought arises, you may need to get out the persuader again and give your heart a whack. Remember how Jesus has helped you. It cost him everything. Persuade your heart to love like Jesus loved. And if you do that, well then you'll have confidence that you belong to Jesus, that you are a Christian, or as John says in verse 19, that you are of the truth. These things don't make us a Christian, but these are signs that we do belong to Jesus because we love others sacrificially. But sometimes we resist doing the right thing. We know we should help, but we struggle. We feel it's it's too costly. What should we do then? We'll have a look at verse 20. We're told this, For whenever our heart condemns us, when we feel bad about not doing something, God is greater than our heart, and he knows everything. Imagine you know Connor and his need. And yet you've closed your heart against him and now you're feeling bad. Your heart is condemning you. What should you do? Look at what John tells us about God in that verse. He says God is greater than our hearts. What does that mean, that God is greater than our hearts? I think it means that God does not share any of the meanness that is so often found in our hearts. His generosity is greater, his compassion towards the needy much greater. That should help us to overcome the meanness of our own hearts. Look at his generosity, look at the kindness and compassion of the Lord Jesus Christ. When he saw people in need, he moved towards them and not away from them. Look at what it cost him that he who was clothed with glory from eternity past should be wrapped in rags of flesh, that he who filled the heaven and the earth with his glory should be cradled in a manger, that he who made the heavens should become a carpenter, that he who owns all things should have nowhere to lay his head, that he who is to be the judge of all flesh should be put to death for crimes he did not commit, that his hands which made the heavens should be nailed to a wooden cross, that his holy face should be spat on by men, that his eyes, purer than the sun, should be put out by the darkness of death, that he did that for us. Look at the generosity of God. He is greater. Take out the persuader and give your heart a whack with the generosity of God. Look what he has done. But if you're not motivated by his generosity then you may persuade your heart in another way. Have a look at the end of verse 20. We're told, He knows everything. Persuade your heart that any meanness of heart will not go unnoticed by a God who knows all things. When we were making Christmas trees out of pallets for Teens for Christ, the pallets needed a lot of persuading to come apart. 
There were a lot of nails that needed to be removed and you'd have to hit them one way and then the other until eventually the nail was persuaded to come out. John says, if your heart condemns you, hit it one way and then the other. Give it a whack with the generosity of God. Remind yourself of God's loving kindness towards you. And then give your heart a whack with the knowledge of God, that he knows all things, that he sees your heart, persuade your heart. And once you've persuaded your heart to act in a loving and generous way, well then you'll find peace and confidence before God. Have a look at verse 21. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. If you don't object to responding to calls for help and providing for help, providing help, you will experience confidence in your relationship with God because you'll know that you're doing his will. There can be no greater blessing than knowing than knowing that you're in a right relationship with God. Have a look at what God promises to those who are in a right relationship with him. Have a look at verse 22. Uh, Verse 22 says, And whatever we ask, we receive from him, because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. God promises to hear and answer our prayers. That is a wonderful promise, isn't it? Now, it's not that God is some sort of cosmic slot machine. It's not that we put in obedience and out comes whatever we ask for. It's not that if we're loving enough to others, he'll reward us with the new car that we're we're asking for or or the healing that we're desiring. That would be uh, hardly loving, would it? Those of us who are parents know that it's, it's not always good to give your children everything that they ask for. They would end up self-centered and spoilt. And sometimes what they ask for may actually be harmful to them. No, God is not a cosmic slot machine but a loving heavenly father who knows what is best for us. So why does there seem to be a link then between obedience and answered prayer? Well, as we seek to live in a way that pleases God to obey him, seeking to love uh, others like he does, being more generous with our time and money, our desires become more like his. And that means that what we want and ask for will be the sorts of things that God wants us to do. The more we enjoy and develop our relationship with God, the more we shall find ourselves asking and receiving those things that are pleasing to God. Uh, And so how do you develop your relationship with God? Because this this is important, isn't it, that we want God's desires. How do you develop your relationship with God? Well, verse 23 tells us two ways. Verse 23, have a look, see if you can spot them. And this is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, just as he has commanded us. Uh, Two ways. First of all, do you see what he says? That we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. I find that encouraging, don't you? That God's commandment to us is to believe in, in his son Jesus Christ, to believe what we say in the creed each week, that Jesus Christ took on flesh, that he died for us, that he rose again, and that he will return to judge the living and the dead. So when doubt creeps into your mind, it can be helpful to remind yourself that disbelief is actually disobedience. 
and to say sorry for God for the times we, we, we don't believe. To ask for his help, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. To believe that he died for you, that he rose again, that he's coming back. To believe in the name of Jesus is not simply to believe that he existed and did those things. To believe in the name of Jesus involves total commitment to him. It's a bit like building a house. You need a solid foundation. And do you remember that that story Jesus told, that if you build your house on the rock, it will stand against the storm and the flood. But if you build it on the, the sand, it will crash. Jesus says you need to build your life on his words. And he said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? So to believe in the name of the Lord Jesus means total commitment to him, to do what he says, to build your life upon him. That doesn't mean we will always get it right. And a bit like uh, in a marriage, commitment to one another involves saying sorry when we get it wrong. And when we ask for forgiveness, we know that God hears us and answers. Well, that's the first way to develop our relationship with God, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. And what's the other way at the end of verse 23? To love one another. To love one another just as he has commanded us. The God who is love calls upon us to allow his love to flow into and through our lives so that we become channels of that love to others. There can be no obedience of God's commands if there's no love for one another. And so there can be no confidence in prayer if we don't love one another. But if we do keep his commandments, if we are committed to Jesus and love one another, well then look at the wonderful result in verse 24. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. The result of keeping his commandments is that we will abide, live with, walk with God. And not only that, not only will we live with God, but he will live in us by his Holy Spirit. In fact, that's how we know that we are God's people. Remember, John was writing to people who'd been troubled by false teachers who had left the apostles' teaching, the Bible's teaching, and were not committed to Jesus and were not committed to love one another. But John wants to reassure the Christians who have stuck with the apostles' message, who were committed to Jesus and loved each other. John says that if that's you, if you are committed to Jesus, you believe in him and you love one another, well then you have the Holy Spirit. Because you cannot be committed to Jesus and love one another unless the Holy Spirit is living inside of you. Well, as we close, it's worth asking the question, isn't it? Do you have confidence before God or does your heart need a little persuading? Maybe uh, just now in the quiet, you can give your heart a little nudge with the persuader. Persuade yourself with the generosity of God. See how much he loves you. And persuade yourself with the knowledge of God that he knows all things and ask for his help to be committed to Jesus and to show his love to others. Let's have a moment of quiet to do that and then I'll lead us in prayer.
Lord God, our Father, we, we want to thank you for your love that you've shown to us, for giving your Son, for all the sacrifices he made to come and to rescue us, for the love that he showed us. Please help us to believe in his name, to be totally committed to Jesus and to love one another. And pray that that would encourage us as we love one another and believe in Jesus, that we are your people. Please encourage us today and may we persuade our hearts where we need to, that we would be a a generous and loving people. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're going to continue in prayer and we're going to begin with the Lord's Prayer. So together we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory for ever and ever. Amen. Show us your mercy, O Lord. And grant us your salvation. O Lord, guide and defend our rulers. And grant our government wisdom. Let your ministers be clothed with righteousness. And let your servants shout for joy. O Lord, save your people. And bless those whom you have chosen. Give peace in our time, O Lord. And let your glory be over all the earth. O God, make clean our hearts within us. And renew us by your Holy Spirit. Let's continue in prayer. As we begin this Holy Sunday, our Father, may you give us indeed a Sunday blessing. On this day which reminds us of our Saviour's rising from the grave, may we rise anew to a holier, truer and heavenlier life. May we walk in the sunshine of your own love. As we wait upon you, may you renew our strength so that we may be able to run without being weary and to walk without being faint on the weekdays which lie before us. We ask that you will bless us in our private and public worship on this holy Sunday. May your blessing rest upon all worshipping assemblies of your people. May this day be a day of spiritual renewal in all the churches. Bless all of your missionaries and fill them with your Holy Spirit to be fit for worthy service. We pray that you will bless us in our worship today. Help us to leave behind every worldly thought and care as we wait before you. May we receive instruction from your word and inspiration from your spirit so that we may be strong for battle and for duty. Help us today in our ministering to others. May we be enabled in our own home to give each other the blessing of love and peace. Help us to comfort someone who is sorrowing, to cheer someone who is discouraged, and to sympathy with one who is in distress. And will we give you the praise and honour forever. Amen. Sovereign Lord, we thank you for our Crosslinks mission partners, Gerald and Louise Mwangi. Thank you so much for the Transformed programme and that it's got off to a really good start. Thank you that there have been no COVID incidences and we pray that you will prevent any cases in the future. Thank you so much for those who joined the programme wanting to find out more about you. And thank you that four of those young people have come to know you and have committed their lives to you. We pray that they will persevere in their faith 
and get to know you better through the rest of their time on Transformed. Please also help those students who have lost a parent or who have family members struggling with addiction or with poverty. Please use the staff team to minister to all their needs. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those grieving the loss of a loved one. We pray for uh, the family and friends of Ethel Coulter, of Sydney Stevens, of Leslie Humphreys, and of Molly Rudden. In a moment of quiet, any others we know who are grieving at this time. Grant, O Lord, to all who are bereaved the spirit of faith and courage, that they may have strength to meet the days to come with steadfastness and patience, not sorrowing as those without hope, but in thankful remembrance of your great goodness in past years, and in the sure expectation of a joyful reunion for all who trust in our Saviour. And this we ask in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We also pray for uh, any others we know who are unwell or suffering at this time. Today we remember Leon Briardy, Stephen Doggett, Elizabeth Hudson, Olive Simmons, and in a moment of quiet, any others known personally to us. Heavenly Father, you alone know what each person is facing. You know the challenges. Please help them with their pain, frustration, illness or loneliness. May they cast every anxiety and burden on you, knowing that you care for them. We pray that you'd bring healing to those who are unwell, and that throughout their challenges they may grow closer to you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And the collect for this Sunday. O God, the protector of all who trust in you, without whom nothing is strong, nothing is holy, increase and multiply upon us your mercy, that with you as our ruler and guide we may so pass through the things temporal that we may finally lose not the things eternal. Grant this, Heavenly Father, for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. And we close our prayers by joining together in the fourth collect for morning prayer, as together we pray, Heavenly Father, in whom we live and move and have our being, we humbly pray that your Holy Spirit may so guide and govern us that in all the cares and occupations of our daily life we may never forget your presence, but may remember that we are always walking in your sight. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, if you'd like to look up there for some announcements before our final uh, hymn, you'll see on the back of the service sheet that Lara and Lavi Easter Vestry is on Tuesday night at 8.30 in Lara Church Building. On Wednesday night, we'll have evening prayer in Ballyhays. Um, on Friday night, there's a Teens for Christ outing into Cavan. Uh, next Sunday, we have uh, services as usual and the telephone service as well. Um, on the 5th of July, we'll have our Survivors of Suicide evening in Kelota Church at 8.30pm. And then on Tuesday, the 6th of July, in touch, we'll meet again in the rectory garden. Um, so we look forward to, to seeing you then, uh, if not before. Well, our final hymn is number 218. And it reminds us of the generosity of Jesus in the first verse. And can it be that I should gain an interest in the Saviour's blood? Died he for me who caused 
his pain for me who him to death pursued. The generosity of Jesus that he laid down his life for us. And the hymn ends with confidence for God's people that we don't need to fear condemnation because of Jesus and his righteousness. He's clothed us and an encouragement to live as his people. So let's uh, join in this final hymn, number 218, And Can It Be?
Well, thank you very much, Dahi, for leading us in that final hymn this morning. Let's close our time together this morning by joining in the words of the grace. Together we pray the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.